So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 56 of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley, your faithful host here at Six Figure Photography, as well as the photography studio we locked down in Columbus, Ohio, Style and Story Creative. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Tuning in, I should probably update that, seeing as we are not on the radio dial anymore. You guys, if this is your first time listening, uh, let me welcome you and give you a brief idea of what we are all about. Six Figure Photography is all about helping you grow your business. We really focus in on understanding your own self-worth, providing value to every single person you encounter, especially your leads. Uh, We have the opportunity to interview a number of industry experts. Some of them are inside of the photography industry, sometimes even more niche into the wedding industry, but a lot of times we like to get outside of our creative space and try to learn from other people who are doing amazing things in business. You guys, today we have Matt Davis. We're going to be talking about the risk and the reward of hiring on employees, right? To hire or not to hire, that is the question. Really, this is about expanding your business. Uh, Matt, he's a videographer based out of North Carolina. He started his own business, um, Life Stage Films. Uh, He started it only to find himself completely drowning in work. Can I get an amen? You guys relate? Um, This led to to, uh, family problems, marital problems. Uh, This led to spending no time uh, with his family his family, his friends, and the solution, uh, surprisingly, uh, was expand the business. I think so often that we think the solution is uh, collapse the business, fold, fold, do less. His solution was to expand. And so uh, in this episode, we are going to be talking about the challenges of starting your own business, hiring people to work for you, right? Uh, do you already have to have a successful business before you can hire somebody? Or should you hire somebody first so that your business can be successful? These are the questions we're going to be talking about today. And so you guys, without further ado, let's jump on with Matt. Matt, welcome to the SFP podcast. How are you, man? What up, man? I'm good. Uh, it's hot down <laughs> here. I am uh, sweating uh, everywhere. Where are you out of? Yeah. Um, we live at the beach. Uh, I'm down here in Wilmington, North Carolina. So, Oh, um, I feel so bad for you. Like, <laughs> for you, you lead off with like, oh, it's so hot. I'm so miserable. And then I ask you where you, you just simply say, 
We live at the beach. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, some people have to. Someone's got to live here, you know. And and I'm just glad this is not a video uh, podcast because I am literally sweating and it's hot out there. But uh, I should maybe take a trip to the beach later today after work. I love it. Get this guy some water. Um, man, thank you so much for being on uh, the podcast. You have your own podcast as well. I had the luxury of, of joining Studio Sherpa's podcast. And um, and w- there's a lot of crossover here because we're both helping um, creatives uh, grow their business, right? And, and one of the things that I love is you're really coming at it from an angle that maybe is a little bit more video-centric, while the SFP podcast is a little bit more photography-centric, but there's so much crossover. And so as a videographer, uh, maybe we need some context here. Can you catch us up on on how you got uh, into this whole uh, career as a videographer and then how that brought you even to the podcast that you host? Sure, sure, man. Um, I'm going on my 10th year in business. And so I graduated school, got married, and uh, we actually moved to Mexico right out of school uh, after we got married to be, to work for a nonprofit. Um, basically we were missionaries and I worked in an organization. I I got a business degree, so I didn't study this in school. I didn't study film or video production or communications, any of that. I just had an international business degree. Um, and so I went down to Acapulco, Mexico. And again, that sounds great, but it was really dangerous because, uh, slums and drug lords and drug cartels. And I don't, I don't know how we made it out alive. But while I was down there, I was raising funds for this organization. And I was like, you know what? I've got this little personal Handycam, Sony Handycam. I need to make a video for them. And and once I started telling a story, I like fell in love with the process of storytelling and, and video production. And so um, I loved it. Now, looking back at the video, it was terrible, but uh, you know, it was my first one. And sure. <laughs> but when we moved back, I was like, I don't care. We're already poor. Let's just start a business. Let's let's just do this. I have nothing to lose, right? And so I was like, ah, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll shoot weddings because all my friends were getting married. Um, and so I was like, yeah, that'll be easy. Weddings are easy, right? And obviously, so you, can, <laughs> you can agree so with me. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about sweating. Uh, yeah, I. I, but I still loved, I, I, it's hard. It's really hard work. And I looked around and, um, I don't think I'm stepping on anyone's toes here cause it was so long ago, but I looked around at my competition. And I was like, I can do this. Like this is wedding videos that they mostly suck. And I was like, well, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And so I just went the route of like not doing what my competition was doing. And over the years, so after a couple of years, um, you know, got booked up solid. Uh, I think a lot of that had to do with my pricing. It should have been higher, but I think everyone struggles with that. Um, but we became known and we became, uh, not only known in the Southeast, but, uh, to this day, we still travel destined, you know, uh, my, my company is called life stage films, uh, my wedding brand. Um, and so we travel, uh, all over the world doing stuff. We've traveled all over the States doing weddings. We've got a lot of gigs coming up now where we're traveling in the fall. Um, and so we love it and I still love it. Um, but I, I couldn't have gotten to this point and I'll lead into this later with our discussion, but, um, I, I grew a team. It was very unorthodox, not a lot of creatives or videographers in my area. Were, you know, it was just like a one man shop. You know, it's like, Oh, I, I need to, I need to do this myself. I don't trust anybody with it. And so I took a different route. And, um, I, I would say that we're still in business today because of my support team. Um, but we also branched out a couple of years ago and, um, have a separate brand uh, for corporate stuff and commercial stuff called Harvest Filmworks. And so we just separated our brands for obvious reasons. We didn't want CEOs going to see brides and you know, on, on our site. It just didn't make sense. Um, 
But I, I've been in the industry, the education space uh, for about seven years now. I've been doing coaching in the video industry, talking at workshops and conferences and stuff. And I just love showing people what worked for me and what didn't work and mm-hmm. um, sharing my heart about my mistakes. And that also means personal life, too. I've been very open in my workshops where like, I talk about work-life balance and um, geez, I mean, I went through divorce and I lost that. And that, that was, that's tough on any creative, you know, creative business. Um, and so just kind of getting through that and, and, you know, busting through all that, um, has taught me a ton of lessons and I love teaching other videographers how to get out of that cycle of, you know, when you start a business and I was there in, in 2008 and nine, I mean, I was really, really booked up and I was busy, but that doesn't mean I was successful. Like, uh, that just meant, uh, I had to edit every morning until 4am and then do it again the next day. And I didn't get to see my friends or fa- or family. And I was gone every weekend. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I can't do this. I'm going to, my heart is going to explode. And, and so I did something about it. And that's kind of what got me into teaching, like showing people the process of, Hey, it's scary, but you know, let's, let's see how we can maybe get you a team. And, and this is the benefit of that. So yeah, that's for sure. Kind of it's like, that's also, it sounds like you and I have um, so many similarities in regards to uh, where we're at today, how we got here, um, and some of the maybe the life lessons we've learned along the way. And so I'm excited to talk about this whole concept of of really not going at it alone. I think it, it needs to be talked about more often um, because, I mean, so many of us, you're right, we're, we're solopreneurs. We're waking up every morning. We're going down to the living room. We're sitting on the couch. We're locking ourselves in the room away from the children. Uh, for me, I was in the garage for a year. Uh, and yeah. we're just trying to chip away and do, and do everything. And we're wearing so many hats like photographer for many people it's they're like photographer and videographer photo editor video editor social media marketer uh graphic designer um you know brand developer just everything and so at what point did you decide to do something about it and and what did you do my first hire was I would say another shooter. It was another filmmaker. And I met somebody at church and I was like, hey, you'd be good. And and for me, I I learned a lot. I live in a film town. So Wilmington is it's called Hollywood East. A lot of stuff has gone, has moved out uh, because of some film incentives that have been um, changed for our state. But we've had a lot of movies made here, a lot of TV shows being filmed here right now. And so I thought, oh man, I'm going to have an easy time finding a talented person. Well, when I went out, for a few of my first hires trying to find another filmmaker to assist me at weddings and stuff, I went to the film industry. I was like, Hey, you're a, you're a DP, you're a cinematographer. Would you like to get some extra money on the side? And I'd find people and they would have no idea what they were doing. They would screw up these weddings. And I'm thinking, I thought you were good. And they just, it's, it's, it's a different animal. Like they can say cut a million times. Whereas you, you know it too. Like you don't get a second chance to get this bride coming down the aisle. Like you got to get it and you got to nail it. And I was having a hard time finding someone. So I learned quickly, like, not only is it about a personality, you know, you have to show up to a wedding or an event and like, you have to be friends with people. You have to uh, be memorable so that they forget about you, if that makes any sense. Like you, Mm -hmm. you have to have that, but also like being good on your feet and, and 
being dealing well with stress. And so I finally found a good shooter and she's still with me today. She's been with me. Amy's been with me almost since the beginning. My first hire though, I was drowning in editing and backlog. And so uh, not only was I not getting enough sleep, I wasn't spending time with my family. I had just had a baby girl. Um, and I know you did, you had, you have one as well, right? Um, yeah, I got a little girl and I got uh, twin boys. So yeah, oh, I got a lot nice. going on. Okay, cool. Um, well, that's a stressful time of their life too. Like we need to be there for our, you know, our wives. And I wasn't there. Like I was so busy editing that I had to do something about it. So I hired an intern and that started helping me like, and I had already had, I already written down processes. I had read, I'm like a big believer in like the e-myth, you know, like reading that book really opened my eyes to like, man, there's processes and systems that I have all over my business here. Let's write these down. And that way when someone comes in, I can just give them to them and give the hand those things over that are pretty automated and, and can, can you explain the e-myth a little bit? Just, just very briefly for those uh, listeners I've yeah, read it, yeah. but for those of you who, who haven't read it, can you give a, a general kind of idea of, of concepts behind the book? Yeah. Yeah. It's just basically, um, I guess the thing that comes to mind is like McDonald's, like, you know, it's, it's got restaurants all over the world, but the e-myth is all about creating systems and processes so that your business can run without you. Um, that so that you don't have to be there and people I've had conversations with other filmmakers and photographers that says, yeah, but we're creatives. We have to do everything. And that's just a lie. That's a lie that we don't need to believe um, because there is a way for you to have processes written down and given to someone else to ha- to help you in your business, um, to duplicate yourself so that you can go out and do other things. And, and so um, I had read that, but I hadn't hired anybody yet. So when I did that, I started with an intern and then moved on from there. And I've always, believed in interns and then hiring them. And so that's kind of how I built my team. Um, so to this day, now we have a studio space in downtown Wilmington. I have four full-time employees and I have a few, um, uh, freelancers and subcontractors that help us with gigs and, you know, larger crews that we might need for corporate stuff and weddings. Um, but I, I still look back and think like, how did I do all this myself? And and I was struggling. I, on, on the outside, I looked pretty successful because yeah, maybe I had 50 weddings or 60 weddings that year. Dear God, I hope, uh, I can't believe I did that 60 weddings in one year all by myself. And it's just, you can't, you can't go that hard. You can't do it forever. And my quality was suffering. Um, and so bringing someone on was the best thing I ever did. And it, it started giving me some of my freedom back that, and that's why I started my business to begin with, right? Uh, that, that's why I said, I can't really go work for someone else. I want to have the freedom to do what I want. Well, I was really just chained to my editing suite. I, I couldn't get up. I, I was a slave to my backlog and to my clients. And I never want to be in that position again. Sure. So I, I totally relate when, when I, uh, when we brought on our first, uh, at that time it, I had, I was dabbling in the whole kind of realm of associate photographers, associate shooters, not actual full-time, uh, team members, which is what we do now. Uh, and I actually really believe in having full-time team members, not yeah. just associates, but anyhow, back in the day I, I had an associate and one of the struggles that I encountered and I'm curious what advice you would have is, um, I found someone who was technically, uh, Great. Excellent at, at wedding photography, right? It sounds like you found someone who was technically good at video as a craft, but just didn't know the whole wedding world. Well, this is a great wedding photographer. And then I brought them in. Um, and man, it, the, I can't stress enough how important personality is. Like you can't teach 
personality. I can't teach them yeah. to not be a dick. Like, I don't know yeah. how else to say that. Um, what were, let me ask it this way for someone who's listening, what are some of the number one things that they should be really valuing and considering when wanting to bring somebody on their team? Whether that be, by the way, a shooter, an editor, an intern, uh, uh, uh office manager, anything. Yeah, that's a good question. Okay. Um, I would say I had to ask myself, where am I being, where should I be utilized in my business? Where, where, what seat should I be in? Um, and it certainly wasn't as an editor. Like I didn't sign up. I didn't start my business because I liked to edit. Now I loved editing, but that wasn't my main passion, if that makes any sense. Like I didn't, that's not where I thought I should be. And it also took up the most of my time. Now, so I, I hired an editor to, to free me up of that time so that I could go out and sell, so that I could go out and network, so that I could do marketing and and promote the business because that's what I was really good at. Um, you know, when I was editing all the time, I I got sucked in the same trap that a lot of us in in the photography and videography industry get sucked into is, well, I get an inquiry. I'm just going to send them a price sheet or I'm going to send an email back saying we're available and here's our prices. Well, in this, I mean, there's so much competition out there. I was not being personable. And that's why people hire us to be personable and likable and also talented. But I didn't have time to, I didn't have time to be personable. I didn't. And that, that, that stunk because that's what I love to do. I love to hear stories from people. I love getting to know people. And so I would say, if that's you, then find someone that can free you up to do that. Now, if you hate organizing, if you are not organized at all, if you do your own books, but you hate it, maybe start there. Find someone, like start keeping track of how much time it takes for you to do these certain things that you might not love to do in your business and find someone to do those for you. And that that gives you that time back to go do something else that would move the business forward. Because um, people, I mean, my situation might be different from others. I, someone might, I, I have an editor. Her name's, her name's Kara. She's been with me. She was my first intern. So, um, and she's been with me for, yeah, seven years now. So um, she is the most passionate person I've ever seen about editing. But she can't, if you get her on a phone with somebody, she, would, she wouldn't be able to sell. She'd be too, too afraid to speak. And so if that's you, find somebody that is really good at what they do and you do what you're good at. Sure. And this doesn't always have to look like bringing on someone in, into your space, uh, like in a one-on-one -on -one kind of fashion. There's there's services and companies out there, whether that be for, uh, obviously for editing, um, but, but even management uh, with CRM uh, systems and, and business management uh, tools, certainly accounting, um, uh, bookkeeping, all that kind of stuff as well. Are there any tools that or any services that you're using that have essentially filled the gap of maybe what an employee would normally take? Yeah, that's good. At the time I didn't, you know, that was a while ago, but now there's so many things out there. I would highly recommend, um, Upwork. Have you heard of Upwork before? Uh, it's just a great, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. It's a great, um, freelancer community. Uh, like if, like if I need something done, like a graphic design piece or something like a PDF that I need designed or a statement of work or a proposal that I need to make look nice or, or an ad or something like that, or a Facebook banner, I'm not the best at that. So I get on Upwork all the time and it might be somebody from Portland, Oregon, or it might be somebody from, you know, South Africa, but the, the work is out there and it's, it's affordable. Like it's, and it's fast. Um, we found our guy from uh, our podcast editor from Upwork and now we're friends with him and he, he lives up in Seattle, Washington, but 
I've met, we, we've had some things being transcribed and you can find anything on there. And there's people that are out there that want to do the work. So if you don't have a, like, say you work out of your bedroom, well, get on, get a virtual assistant, you know, get somebody somewhere else that can take over maybe some accounting or some, you know, capturing and logging and, you know, organizing all the photos or the videos so that when you're ready to start a project, you can, like, it's possible to do that. You know, we use Basecamp. We use Dropbox. I mean, Kara lives in Houston now. She had to move away for, for her husband's work opportunity, but she still works for us full time and, and it works out fine. And she is halfway across the country. So it's it's possible for you to find somebody that doesn't, they don't have to be right down the street. So so then what do you say to the, to the, to the photographer, to the videographer who's listening to this right now? And I feel like there's a little bit of this, uh, chicken and the egg kind of a thing like, yeah, but in order to, to hire an editor, in order to, to bring on an office manager, in order to bring on, like, I, I, I need more money. Right. And, and this kind of cycle of, of what comes first. So what do you say to the person, um, who's kind of in that pickle where, they, they want to do these things, but they're just kind of stuck and they're spinning their wheels and they're getting buried. And they, at the very least, they feel like they don't have the money to bring somebody on. Yeah. I was talking to a guy last week. Uh, we had just launched our course and it, it, we had had some questions. Um, and we had a guy that said, all right, so that's great, Matt. You know, you guys have hired people, you know, basically good for you what did you do? Like, did you save up for a year to make sure you had enough in the bank for their salary and then hired somebody? And I was like, heck no. Like I, I have cash flow issues just like everybody else. Like you, there's a, especially the seasonal line of work that we have uh, in our industry. Um, no, you don't, you don't hire someone knowing that you have money put back in the bank. Now, hopefully you have a cushion, um, you know, in your bank account. But what I would say is, um, I was afraid, you know, I was like, well, no, I need to keep this piece of the pie to myself. I've got to make a living too. I can't afford to hire somebody. Well, here's the magic about what happens. If you just have the balls to do it, and sorry if that needs to be bleeped out, but if you, if you, you have ovaries to do it, no, we don't need to bleep out balls. I'm all about the balls. <laughs> if you have the balls to do it, you'll see that you'll be able to make more money. Like it's scary to have to pay someone else's salary, but you're also in a position uh, and that's, that's you, you're a business owner start. So I, I needed to start thinking like a business owner instead of just a creative. Um, and when you're, when you know, just like, you know, you have to pay the mortgage, you know, I have to pay rent. Like you make that check every month, you know, you have to, and you'll do whatever you can to make it happen. And that's the kind of thing that starts happening. You, you know, you know, okay, well I'm paying somebody. I got to go find some way to make money now that I didn't used to have. And it, and it works. Um, especially if you, don't treat it like, okay, well, I just hired somebody. Now I can just kick back on the couch and watch Netflix. No, it's okay. What, what are they doing to move the business forward? And then what am I doing to move the business forward? All right, you guys, I got to interrupt for a hot second here and just pause to thank uh, one of the big supporters of the SFP podcast, if that's okay. I want to give a big shout out to FreshBooks. So look, the internet has changed everything. You and I are walking examples of this. Like the fact that we are self-employed, that we run our own business, you guys, is is incredible. The ability to be more mobile, more autonomous, uh, more connected. Look, one in three Americans are self-employed. By 2020, that's probably going to be like 40%. All that to be said, though, the world was not built for self-employment. Like so many institutions, banks, retirements, um, like insurance, 
insurance. My gosh, insurance accounting. Um, it wasn't built for self-employment. And so thankfully, there are other companies that are stepping up to the plate, right? They're stepping up to innovate and to provide a solution uh, for you and I, really, for freelancers, for small business owners. You guys, this is FreshBooks. FreshBooks has stepped up to the plate to fill this void, to provide this service for you guys. They've got an all-new version. It's been completely redesigned from the ground up, custom built for exactly the way that you work. This is the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, uh, and I guess most importantly, to, to get paid more quickly, right? It's not just uh, ridiculously easy to use. It has so many features um, for uh, for invoicing, like just to, to create a custom invoice in less than 30 seconds, uh, to get online payments out the door within just a couple of ki- uh, clicks, uh, get paid four days faster. And then a really cool feature too in regards to these invoices and sending this out is you get to track it. You get to monitor when your client has seen the invoice. Uh, and it just really puts an end to that guessing game of when is the money coming in. You guys, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day full free trial to you guys, to the listeners of the SFP audiences. And as I say this, this is a full trial. There's no like limits to it. Uh, here's what you need to do to claim it. You need to go to freshbooks.com backslash photography and then enter six figure photography, all caps, S-I-X for six, six figure photography. And how did you hear about a section? I'll get links right down below for you guys. Okay. Let's hop back into the interview. A little life hack that I often do is if I, if I know that I need to actually start taking something seriously, like whether or not I believe the investment for a particular item is worth it. For example, let's say I wanted to start losing weight. I might go, um, and, and purchase some brand new running shoes not because I think that brand new running shoes will make me a better runner or whatever, but when I'm actually have stake in the game and I become mm. invested in this process, I start to take it seriously because at this point I just spent a hundred bucks on some running shoes, right? You know, or some running shoes. Um, if I wanted to start journaling, I wouldn't go get, uh, you know, just in the notebook in the cupboard. I'd probably hop on Amazon and get like a really nice moleskin journal with a great pen that I, it, I've got some stake in the game. That's going to, uh, really cause me to take action from it. And I think the same thing happens when, when you start considering hiring somebody on, you really start to, I think, reevaluate the way that you think about your business and you no longer are a craftsman. You no longer just are the person out there who's executing on this, on this craft for your client. You're now forced to start thinking about this as, uh, as a business, as a CEO, and really begin to evaluate what are the money-making opportunities that you need to be doing? How how are you going to make more money with with your time? My sister just got married. Uh, she's a famous florist, to be quite honest. She's like incredible. She's a florist out in um, Portland, and she cool. just got married, and and now her time is is reduced, right? She's she no longer is this single girl who can travel all over the world, and and it's one of those things that. Now that her time has become restricted, and again, when you have kids, uh, you have to really begin to evaluate what are the actions that you need to take this day, this hour, this minute that are actually going to generate revenue for your business. And I certainly believe that when you start investing in your team, you start taking those actions way more seriously rather than just being the craftsman um, in, in your business. But how do you get, I mean, how do you really get to this place? Because I think you're right. You said, look, you said this, you said, we're, we're creatives, we're artists. And so many of us believe that if it's going to get done, I've got to do it myself. If it's going to get done right, I've got to be the one who's editing. I've got to be the one who's shooting. I've got to be the one who's emailing and calling. It's got to be my words. How do you get past that, that self-limiting belief? 
you just have to ask yourself if you're still in the same place you were a couple of years ago. I mean, if you're, if you have been running a business for a couple of years and you are still scraping by, then, um, you don't have a business. You have a, an expensive hobby. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's something that of course takes some time to nurture it, it's running a business and creating one. is It's scary and it's risky, but, um, we, start our businesses because we think, oh, for the rest of my life, I just get to run around with a camera in my hand. And um, that mentality is very dangerous. Um, Ryan and I call it, um, and and we created something we call the creative bias. It's just a, a mentality that we all believe that's a lie. And we all believe this lie that um, if we do great work, if we just do the work, you know, we, we put some awesome work on our website, we blog, we do some social media, we put that stuff out there and we cross our fingers and hope that everyone in the world is going to like it and press the like button and press the, the love button. And that's just not the case, is it? I mean, it, you can't just trust your creative, your, your art to carry you. You have to know and, and you have to believe that it's not just about your art. It's about running a business and doing things that put that art, put whatever you, it is that you do, photos, video, graphic design into the right, in front of the right people. So if you're so busy creating, but you're not busy selling or marketing or managing or organizing, <laughs> then you're just, uh, it's almost like you're spinning your wheels. And it's, it's that mentality that got me out of that, that rut that I was in. Um, but I would yeah. say, Go ahead. No, I mean, to that point, I think that that statement is becoming more and more true every passing year, every passing month with each iteration of phone <laughs> and camera. Like I, the, uh, the barrier to entry keeps getting lower and lower and lower for creating, generally speaking, uh, not just good work, but great work. Uh, and again, as I say that, I think there's probably a lot of creatives who are listening to this being like, no, but it's, you know, it's not just the camera, it's the creative, you know, composition and the artist's eye. And yes, that is true. You are 100% right. But you also have to understand who you're selling to because we are dealing with an incredibly sophisticated thing. Uh, photography, art, composition, um, all of the tech that's involved, and you're selling it to an incredibly unsophisticated audience, generally speaking. Obviously, there are connoisseurs out there. You're, some some photographers find themselves in that beautiful niche of uh, shooting other creatives' work, right? Um, but that's not the, the mass uh, majority. And so even more so now in 2017, like great work, that's the, like, that's the cost of entry, right? That's right. like that's expected, right? If you don't have got great work, you're just completely out of luck. And I think to your point, if, if you're just sitting there and, and things haven't been progressing, I mean, candidly, it also may be a time to, to really evaluate and, uh, to audit, to audit yourself, to audit your work, to audit where things are at. Um, okay. Cause it might not be, it might not be, uh, where you need to be right now. Right. And you might be in the wrong. And nobody seat. wants to say that, by the way. Yeah. Nobody ever wants to say that. No one wants to tell a photographer or another creative, you might not be cutting it because uh, it's a really sucky conversation to have. I'm not saying that to you, but I'm saying it might be it might be a good thing to audit and to be really self aware of what's going on. Well, there's a season for everything. I mean, don't don't negate. I mean, some of you guys are just starting out, and I I totally get everything we're saying there is a season for that you're going to be you're going to be have to you're going to have to hustle you're going to have to do everything 
to create these systems, right? You have to know how to do everything so that you can teach others how to, how to come on board. Um, the, the problem that I see is that people are too scared to trust others. Um, I have to have immense trust in my team and I do, uh, they're, they are better at thing, way better at, at editing than I am. And that's, that's the point is, uh, I would have never known that if I had held it to myself and said, no, I'm the best editor or no, I want to keep this. Uh, I, if I'm, I could keep this salary to, to myself and I, I'll be rich. No, that's not the case. Um, I got burned out and I think there's a lot of people in, in our industries that are burned out that, and they don't, they maybe don't realize it. And so when I got out of mm-hmm. that, when I started seeing, all right, I don't love what I love to do anymore. Like I don't, there was a time where I was like, I don't want to go to another wedding. Like I don't, and my clients probably picked up on that, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that we need to be careful of. But once I had help, once I took the risk and I said, you know what, I need a team. I mean, movies, I mean, let me, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but like once get, I did get that, ahead of yourself. That's yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> but once I got out of being burned out, then I loved, I, I got back into the love of why I started my business. Right. And I was able to do that. And when I've hired people, I hire people with a specific, Hey, what do you want to do? Okay, cool. You want to manage, you want to, are you, are you organizational? Cool. Then, then let's put you in this role. Oh, you love to edit. Then your job is editor. And you're not going to like, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to put you in charge of that. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you be the quality control for that. Cause I trust you. Um, and that's kind of what I've seen happen in my business, but I use this analogy a lot. It's like when you watch a movie, um, and of course I'm a filmmaker, so this is why the analogy sticks for a lot of people, but at the end of a movie and the credits are rolling, look at all the hundreds of names that it, that goes into making a movie. And we treat our art like, well, no, I, there's just one person on that credit. It's, it's going to be Matt Davis. And I would say that the lowest points in my business were when I trusted everything to myself. And it, that's just, we need, tr- we need teams. We need a crew. What happens if you break your leg or what happens if you break your armor or get sick, um, that would, I would have nightmares. I'm sure we all can go down a list of, you know, nightmares we have as, you know, working in this industry, um, waking up in the middle of the night, you know, <laughs> coming to an event and you, you forgot your gear, you know, all that stuff, you know, sleeping in, I have all these recurring dreams. Um, sure. But, um, the biggest, the biggest fear that I had was like, man, what if, what if I get in a car accident or get sick? Like I need to have people that I can count on to come in because I, I need, if I got sick and I was in the hospital for five months, my business would be toast. It would be, I would have a lot of angry people and I would never get out of backlog. So. Yeah. Or what happens when you uh, get pregnant or your, your yeah. twins are due the same week that you're supposed to be in St. Kitts. Uh, Caribbean islands photographing a week long Indian wedding, which happened to me, right? What do you do? You have your team go. (laughs) It's so true, man. Um, what, what have been some of the growing pains though in this process? Because there, there have been some for me. I'm curious what you've had to go through as you've taken this kind of big leap of faith and started to expand your team. What are some of the problems and growing pains you've encountered? Yeah, I, I was actually just, uh, one of my editors, uh, before I hopped on, he was like, what's the podcast about? And I kind of told him you know, what the topic was. And he was like, Oh, cool, man. Like people need to hear that. And, uh, I kind of told him a little bit about this, but what I mentioned to him, I was like, you know what? It's, it's scary. Like, cause he's, he's pretty new to our team. He's about, he's been on a couple months. Um, but like having, having someone come on, I, I would be the first to admit our work takes a hit. It suffers a little bit. 
but not to the point where someone would notice. Like it's, it's, it's good enough right now, but we don't stay there. Like I can't expect anyone to come into my business and my team and be a filmmaker and emulate everything exactly like I would do and nail it the first time. Like, I just know that's not going to happen. So there are some growing pains. There are some weddings where we come back and we're like, well, why did you miss this shot? Okay. Well, how are we going to cover it up? Like, how do we fix this? And, but then it never happens again. Like we learn, you have to learn a lesson. And then once you start seeing the evolution of our film, like I was, I forgot to mention it earlier, but when I was talking about, you know, one of the biggest mistakes, and this is a growing pain, you know, hiring the wrong people, you know, hiring cinematographers in the film industry, thinking they would be great at weddings and they are the worst shooters I could ever possibly imagine. Well, I learned like, okay, let me find someone that doesn't have an ego. Let me find someone that doesn't have a cocky attitude and let me mold them. I look for sponges. I look for someone that's eager and passionate about filmmaking and storytelling, but I can teach them my processes. I can teach them how to shoot a wedding our way. And that's been the biggest success out of hiring the right people is, uh, there's no egos allowed. Um, we, we have a thing on our wall that says egos kill creativity. And, and it's totally true. Um, and I've found the right people that that are able to take constructive criticism and also give it like I get criticism. I get I, I, my mm-hmm. editors have freedom to say, hey, Matt, why did you do like, you know, let's just not let's not let's don't do this next time. You know, l- look at the footage here. It's a little green. It's a little shaky. What were you doing? Let's not do that again. Um, whereas if you think about it, when and, and maybe you can agree when you're doing this all on your own. I didn't have anyone to critique me or give me any pushback when I was by myself. So I would edit my footage and you're probably, I'm probably in this like state of like, well, I don't do anything wrong. I'm the best. And, and we've been able to grow as a team way faster than I would be able to grow by myself. So, um, that's been great. Yeah. You know, one thing too, is as we're talking about all this, we're kind of only been talking about this to, to the to the potential you know business owner who's we'll go ahead and for the sake of discussion say that they're the number one right they're the one who takes on full responsibility they're the one who's hiring they're the one that the buck stops with them they're the one that has all liabilities on their shoulders and and we haven't actually really addressed those who are listening that actually might be a far greater number two than they are number one. And I just wanted to say that I think that there's a romanticism that if you are the business owner, there's romanticism that if you are the one who runs the ship, that it's, it's the glorified thing. But I think that, um, there's a lot of photographers out there who, would be better suited, would be more like, I think just live a better life, uh, a more fulfilled life, um, enjoy the process, enjoy their work, enjoy their family, enjoy uh, what they originally set out to do as an amazing number two, right? And and uh, I just have to say that I think that's something that uh, it's easy to get too romantic about. It takes a very certain well, it takes a CEO mindset, I think, yeah. um, when you start going down this route of building it out. And I don't think it's the right solution for everyone. Actually, I think it's I think it's the wrong solution for probably most photographers is to uh, to be the one who is building uh, the team. I think I, I really don't think many very many people are are built for it. For those who are listening, and it is you probably know you've got this feeling in you and this gut. But I just want to encourage the one who's listening right now that's thinking to themselves, man, maybe I'm that number two guy. Like be an amazing 
Number two, like you could still earn an amazing income and, and living and enjoy the process so much more. Do you have any thoughts to that, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love, this is kind of what came to my mind when you said that. Um, I love second shooting for people. Like I love having a buddy from like, you know, I know people all over the country and sometimes I'll be called to be a second shooter, um, you know, and, and for a destination wedding or something for a high end, high end wedding. And I love it because for the, for, for the time being, I get told what to do. I just have a list of things. All right, Matt, meet me back here in 20 minutes. Go get these shots. Cool. That sounds great to me. There's no pressure. I just know, okay, this is what I have to do. And so there is a benefit to that. Like you don't have to be the number one. And I, I loved what you said because I totally agree with you. I didn't think about the the way this conversation was going, but you know, there's friends of mine that, that know that they don't want a team, but they only, but then they choose to only book you know, 10 weddings a year, but they're charging, you know, $15,000 for it because they should. Like, I think a lot of people get stuck in not only it's dangerous if you don't want a team, well then, you know, you still have to, eventually you're not going to be able to film and, and or take photos of, you know, 35, 40 weddings a year. You're going to slow down. And what are you going to do? Like you, you either need to figure out like, well, yeah, I, I can go to Starbucks and I love my life of just doing 10 weddings a year and I can edit this myself and there is no backlog. Well, great. I just think a lot of people either have to make more money or get greedy or can't say no to certain weddings because they, you know, they, they know they, they need the money or I think that we get trapped into that. But, um, absolutely. There's people that I are very successful business owners that just know they have a cap. They know that they don't go past 12 weddings because they can't afford it. They can't afford their life work balance to suffer and they would rather spend time with their family than, you know, going all over the world. hundred percent. I love it, man. Um, Matt, uh, this has been really exciting. I know that you uh, have continued this conversation and you've created uh, a great platform for people to learn more about, uh, expanding their business, uh, especially with video. And I know there's a lot of crossover, um, with studio Sherpas, but can, can you let people know where, where can people find you online? Uh, your, your video work, um, the podcast, where can people find you, Matt? Yeah. So, um, if you want to check out our creative stuff, uh, like I said, we, um, my wedding company is lifestagefilms.com. And then our corporate commercial brand is harvestfilmworks.com. Ryan and I started studio Sherpas in 2016. So although I've been doing coaching and education for that long, we branded it then and, and kind of teamed up. Ryan is my co co-partner coach Sherpa. He's up in Detroit, Michigan, but we've been best friends like in the industry. We just are cut from the same cloth. And so we decided to team up, um, with our education platform and what we, if you don't know what a Sherpa is, because I didn't actually know what a Sherpa was before we branded this thing, it's a mountain guide. It's somebody that helps people climb to the top of the summit. So if you're going to go hike Everest, you can't do it alone. You, you've got to have someone that knows the the uh, the way, you know, to avoid the pitfalls, to to get up there efficiently. And so we we feel that we uh, we want to be Sherpas to our industry, and that that includes photographers too. Um, I speak to local photographers and regional photographers all the time. Um, we have to we're we're very similar and what obviously what we do just substitute the word and and you know you guys would get a lot if you guys want to hop over to studiosherpas.com uh also on facebook studio sherpas uh you know business page and then you know instagram same thing studio sherpas um 
we speak to creatives. So if you're a photographer, don't think that this is just for videographers. And because um, I, I believe the same thing for you. I get a lot out of, I'm not a photographer. I'm terrible at taking pictures and photos, but um, your your education, I just need to substitute the word video and, and I'm good to go too. It's, it's great. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So um, we did just recently launch a course uh, that is going to be available for just download now. Uh, we have live training, but that's closed now. Um, it's called Selling Like a Sherpa. So we have a process that we we use to pitch to larger clients. If you guys are struggling in the middle of like mediocrity where you're not finding the right clients, you're not finding your ideal you know clients. If you want higher end clients with higher budgets, um, our course kind of teaches that and it, and it kind of shows the creatives out there that are terrified of sales, that it doesn't have to be scary. And we give you our process. We, we, and it's, it's not like a slimy salesperson, car salesman kind of thing. It's, it's more like, how do, how, how do we guide just like a Sherpa? How do we guide our clients? And so we want others to become Sherpas too. Yeah. I love it, man. Dude, thank you so much for being here, Matt. I really appreciate you. Uh, we're going to make sure to get those show notes or the links rather, uh, down the show notes for everyone in case you didn't catch those. If you're driving, pull over, check the show notes, the links are there for you guys, Matt. Thanks again for being here. Yeah, dude. Appreciate you. I'm looking forward to getting to know you a little bit more over the years and keep up the good stuff. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing too. Keep it up. (laughs) Thanks, man. Cheers, Matt. See you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. I hope and I am sure that you took something away from Matt. I think there's a lot to learn from his journey. I know I myself have already learned a ton uh, from Matt. You guys, I want to encourage you, let's not let this be the end of the conversation. Look, please tune in weekly uh, to the podcast. But as we're talking about growing your business, I have a free seven-day crash course that Honestly, it's really dope. Uh, and so go check it out. Look, go check it out. The No Harm, No Foul, uh, seven days of content, different ways to grow your business. It's right there for you guys free. It's at sixfigurephotography.com backslash seven day crash course. Anyhow, you guys, I can't wait to talk more with you uh, in the next episode of SFP. Thanks, everybody.